Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast, the end of season party podcast. Uh, so I'm Philip B. I'm joined by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. And Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hello. Now, Chris, unfortunately, isn't available. He says he's in pre-season training, which suggests that Unai Emery is already having an impact on, on Arsenal's <laughs> Uh, habits but uh, so we'll be cracking on without him but hope to have him back next week when we'll be looking at uh, maybe putting together the FFW team of the season to to see um, who's going to feature there so this week obviously we're going to be rounding up what happened on the last day of the season and um, in the week preceding that so we're going to start at the top Obviously, PSG a champion. We knew that back in July. I don't know. Um, but the European places, um, there was uh, a lot of movement, a lot of wrangling um, on going into the final day. So we've got the Champions League places. Joining PSG will be Monaco and Lyon. In the Europa League will be Marseille and Rennes and Bordeaux. So... Um, this was kind of heartbreak for a second time in a week for OM because if they won and OL didn't, then they were going to get Champions League spot and they didn't. Um, and if obviously they'd won the Europa League final, they would have got Champions League and they didn't. So we'll maybe mention the Europa League final a bit later, but the main reason why uh, they're in the Europa League and OL are in the Champions League is because of an absolutely cracking game, um, OL3. Nice 2. Nice went ahead uh, through a goal from Alassane Player and then there was a hat-trick from Memphis Depay to to get back in front OL 3-1 up. Player got a a late goal uh, then to make it 3-2. There was a bit of a punch-up but basically OL are back in the Champions League. Jeremy, did you enjoy it? Um, And do you think, uh, how do you think things panned out there was that because it had an effect on both the Champions League and Europa places because Nice were pushing as well so what was the impact of that of that fabulous game it was it was never going to be a straightforward game for for Lyon um they you know it was last week that they sort of caused butterflies for themselves by by throwing away that that lead and even the draw against um Strasbourg which meant that they had to win this one to be assured of Champions League qualification. And even then, you knew that, um, especially with um, Nice needing a result as well, it was going to be um, a hard-fought match. And so for the neutral, it went, it kind of went perfectly, Nice taking the leads and Neil having to respond. Um, I thought in the first half, uh, it was kind of sterile Lyon, um, decent amount of possession, a couple of half chances, but nothing too special. And then to give Genesio um, some credit, he changed things around a little bit in the second half and, and um, Lyon sort of went, were, were sort of by, by quite far the better team. Um, they had, you know, Depay's just been in amazing form recently. I think, I think it's 10 goals and six assists in, the, in his last nine games which is fantastic stats, but he, he was helped by, by the rest of his team. The, the first goal was after a great Fekir and the last goal was a, a lovely, brilliant little chipped finish, but a great pass by um, uh, uh, Traore, 
which which actually was nowhere near as good a pass as Balotelli's for players opener, which was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's well worth looking up. Um, but and then yeah, Depay got his third one late on, which looked like it would it sealed it comfortably, and then player scored again to to make sure that. Leon's nerves were shredded right until the very last second. <laughs> but even even beforehand, it, it could have gone either way. I mean, when it was one all, Balotelli missed a, uh, by his standards a, a sitter. He really should have scored. And then I think still when it was I think when it was two one maybe, um, Gorgina made a very good save um, to force a. Well, he I think he, he made the save, put the ball behind for a corner, and then from the corner he sort of went walkabout and there was a you know real gold mouth scramble where anything could have happened so it was classically on sort of living on their nerves or certainly their fans nerves for a lot of the time but you know they i think they they deserved the win in the match mm. and i think they they deserved the champions league place overall as well yeah i think and, what was you know if you're going to remember anything from the season or i no, i was going to say remember that they're, they're their young midfield three, but there was actually lots of good things to remember about Leo in this season, and as ever, lots of bad things. So you know, they're certainly entertaining. Mm. I think, like you said, with um, Genesio kind of changing up in the second half, when as the second half opened, he takes Dombele off to bring on Mariano Diaz. There was um, Leon fans all over, um, all over Twitter, going, "What the hell is he doing?" And then, kind of two minutes later. Um, they got the equaliser. So it did look like, A, they'd had a rocket put at them at half-time, but also, B, he did change it up, um, which is something you can argue he's not maybe managed to do uh, that effectively previously. But this it was a bit of a risk, because then you've got basically three fully-fledged forwards up there. Um, so, Rich, what did, you th- what did you think of it? Was there anything you know, else we can, we can glean from this match, or was it just, you know cracking good fun for everyone except the Leon fans nerves I think it was good for, yeah exactly it was good fun for, for except for their nerves except for for Nice as well because um, obviously that combined with with results elsewhere meant they missed out on on the Europa League um, I think when you look at Leon I think it, it's it's a deserved I think over the course of the season they they have probably deserved that third place finish um, I think it probably would have been a bit harsh on them if they had missed out purely on the basis that, uh, you know, I, I like the football that they play. You know, I think they have been an entertaining team this season. I, I like think the they, have they've broken the record for the, their record for the most number of goals they've scored in a season. I, think. Uh, I have no idea, but... Um, we'll, we'll, claim, we'll claim that they have. <laughs> we'll, claim that, we'll claim that they have, and they have 87. So they are second behind PSG's 108. So they were the second yeah, highest I mean, scorers. They've, they've, they've got, you know, they've got the back, they've got the, the, the groundwork there for an excellent team. It now just remains to be seen what now happens in the summer. Two yep. stays. Um, obviously, Fekir is the big name that seems to be to be going. I think Olas gave quite an interesting interview um, on French television the other night, where he was saying that. You know, Fekir may or may not go. There's Champions League football on offer here, which we know is what he wants. But you know, Olas is Olas, so who knows what that means? But what he also intimated it, it means was that, it means twenty million on the price you're about yeah. to offer. I think. But what he also intimated was that um, he'd be the only big name departure, which mm. would perhaps hint that that midfield trio who have who have excelled this season, uh, Depay, 
that, that, that they're not going to be going and that they're very much a part of the plans next season, which, you know, when you chuck in the fact that they're going to be bringing in Leo Dubois, they're bringing in Martin Terrier, and they're going to be bringing in, he, you know, Olas himself said, one or two big players and one very big name of which then cue somebody tweeting a picture of Jan Benegor of Hesseling, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, but it, it, I think this season can be seen as, as, I know a lot of Lyon fans have now decided that Genesio is the, you know, is the scapegoat for why they've not achieved greater success. I think there's an element of realism that Lyon fans need to, to have a look at here of, of what Genesio has achieved. And with the squad that he's got, with the money that he's he's invested, you know, that he has gone out and spent and, and brought in players, is he seriously expecting? Are the are the Leon fans right, is seriously expecting him to generate a team that are going to compete with PSG, that are going to compete with Monaco? I think the fact that he has pushed Monaco so far this season, although Monaco have obviously not been themselves this season, but the fact that Leon have pushed them so hard this season is a great credit to Genesio. We've been it. Think- we've been. So, and I think, um, you know, we've got the other team in that top four because there was 13 points between PSG and Monaco, but there's 19 between fourth and fifth because that fourth place, which is the the guttingment OM's heartbreak twice in a week, was Marseille on 77, just a point behind OL, who go back into the Europa League, which you have to say would seem to suit them, you know, um, that they've got a situation where there's going to be a lot of movement possibly in the summer because what Rudy Garcia has done with that collection of players is possibly batting above your average as well. Um, on on that, so Marseille beat uh, Amiens 2-1. Amiens had a man sent off. Um, Morgan Sanson and Mitroglou with the goals for OM. Uh, it wasn't enough because of OL's win, which, again, a uh, slight heartbreak. But given what the week they've been through, kind of being knocked down twice, um, we've got Tovan has got, what, 22 goals, 11 assists. Payet's got, um, you know, 13 assists. They They've had some really, really good players but the collective maybe has has struggled at times so maybe not just looking at obviously the Amiens game which is one thing but that Europa League final where they went where they lost 3-0 to Atletico Rich how how did you think they acquitted themselves in the final? Um, I think they looked a little bit nervy I think Mm -hmm. the way that we have seen um, Marseille go out in, in certainly in the recent U- U- uh, European games is they've gone out sort of all guns blazing and it's it's either been a success or um, or they've gone down in a in a in a almost a blaze of glory but they've yeah they just seem to be a little nervy and and I thought that they'd be coming out and also they had the big miss um, uh, early in the game which you know if that had been converted. Obviously, it's a, it's a completely different story, maybe. But I just I just felt that it wasn't. They didn't seem like they thought they could win it. Mm. I think from the start, as soon as that miss um, from, from Germain went, it, it seemed as though it wasn't necessarily heads dropped. 
because you know they they were trying, but it just seemed as though the belief had gone. Yeah. That they thought they. Could. I mean, it would have been an upset. There's no hiding behind it. Mm. It would have been an upset had they win. Had they won. But then but also, just... kind of for the first goal to be a bit of a defensive fuck up from a couple of different people can't then you know maybe dent your confidence further and then obviously Pyatt having to go off injured in tears um you know that was it it felt like everything was going wrong everything that could go wrong was going wrong and it, it kind of turned out turned out that way um so jez it's quite a it was it was just quite a a, a, a sort of timid performance i think i think i was expecting a bit more fire from them a bit more desire a bit more you know some of the the the, the gung-ho attitude that we've mm. seen of late but it just it, we we saw a bit of it in the last kind of 10 minutes mitroglou coming on as um uh, as sub and hitting the post um there was a kind of volleyed howitzer from jordan amavi which went straight down our black throat basically and then obviously that in g shank late on which everybody's giffing like there's no tomorrow um jez how did you kind of uh how would you sum up the the performance was it nerves was it a lack of organization in the face of organization what what was it uh i think they they psyched themselves out a little bit i think they, they there was so much talk from from all their players beforehand saying you know, yes, we're the underdogs. We're not expected to win, but we've got such a tailwind behind us, kind of thing. Um, and I think they they started to believe too much that I mean they were the underdogs, but maybe that they they sort of took that bit on board a little bit more too much more than than the other part of their their sort of mantra. Um, but yeah, the but the bottom line is that they faced a team that was much better than them. And I know I've been a sort of start record all season but against all the teams that are better than them they've struggled this season so it isn't really a surprise um in, the, in recent weeks they've been very reliant on um you know flashes of brilliance from Payet so I think um I do think heads heads went down when he went off um and then yeah the one thing you can't do well, the two things you can't do against Atletico Madrid is firstly, um, give them a lead to defend. And secondly, really give them, like hand them the lead to defend. And the first goal was horrific. The other two weren't much better in terms of defensive mistakes. Um, and, you know, there's there's been a bit of a debate about whose fault the first goal was. Um, you know, a lot of people thinking the fact that Mondonda passed it like that was some kind of instruction um, from Garcia to try to sort of separate um, Atletico's defenders. Um, but whatever it was, it was a poor pass. It was um, an awful attempt to control it from Zamba and Guisa. And, and, and then you're in trouble. You know, the fact that um, they gave away an almost identical goal against Amiens at the weekend suggests that... Um, mm -hmm the UNFP goalkeeper of the year surprise surprise isn't entirely deserving of it um but yeah they were they were you know if they'd if Sherman had scored that early chance and they they'd had a lead to defend then you never know but mm. Atletico's defensive record this this season is awesome and against like I said a team that hasn't always turned up um yeah they struggled I do think if Tovan had had played it might have helped a little bit. 
well. Um, so <laughs> OM, OM in fourth, back into the Europa League, which um, leads us with fifth place, Ren, who drew 1-1 with Montpellier at the weekend. Adrian Unu opening scoring, Isaac and Benza equalising. Or was it the other way around? Anyway, no, no, Rich, right, right. Rich, you're going to Europe. How happy are you? You have one minute. <laughs> we're going to Europe and we're going to play some two-bit team like Arsenal, I bet. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it feels like. Uh, it, I think Jez has alluded, alluded to it on previous pods that this is, to be honest, with the, the squad and the money that, that, that Red have got here, it's probably a position that they we shouldn't be too surprised about in terms of this is where they should be pitching themselves. But it's Ren, so you have to take it as a surprise because they're the, the sort of perennial underachievers, the perennial disappointers of, of uh, failing to live up to expectations. So to see them, to see them hold out uh, and finish fifth is a, is a fantastic achievement, especially when you consider the start that they've made under, under uh, Gorkouf. Um, I was a bit dubious when Lamushi was announced as, as his replacement, but by and large, I can't fault him. Um, I think the squad need, does need a little bit of work to it, but it's been a terrific team performance. Um, the squad have, have really, really come together as a, as a really unified, uh, a unified team, playing for each other, playing for the coach. There's a bit of passion, a bit more belief about the club, um, which, which feels quite strange. It's quite some seasons now since we've had that, since probably a few years. It's bad. Uh, 10, 11 years ago when we finished fourth. It's, 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 success like this doesn't come around too often. For so it, it, feels, it feels good, but it's, um, it has been, a, as with, with as is tradition with Ren, it has been a season of ups and downs. As I said, I don't think many teams can claim winning away at Marseille, Lyon and PSG in one season while simultaneously losing at home to Metz and Gangol. Um, I think only Ren could really achieve that kind of that kind of performance. But you know, I, I'm ecstatic with how it's finished. Um, I'm I'm nervy now as to which players we can keep hold of because I do think certainly Yoris Nyanyon will be on many teams' radars, both mm-hmm. domestically and overseas. Um, I'd love for us to complete a deal to bring Wabi Kazri back. Um, I'm not entirely sure it will happen, if I'm perfectly honest. I think he's got his eyes on a slightly bigger prize than than Wren. But, you know, there's European football on offer, which is a damn sight better than League One football that he's going to go back to. So, um, it's, yeah, I, I, you know, I, as we as I can sit here now, I can look back and think, yeah, that's been, that's been a fun season. But there have been times where it's been head in hands my God, what am I watching? Kind of football, but it's been, it's been, a, it has been a, a, a complete success, I think, overall. Yeah, I mean, just just looking, um, we've published the FFW uh, League on dashboard, uh, rounding up all of the stats, etc., for all of the season. And if you look at the evolution tab there, you can see Ren climbing from fifteenth early in the, in the first part of the season, and then up into the top half, and then finally up to fifth. Another team that had a bit of a weird season but has ended up in Europe Bordeaux who finished started quite high had a massive dip brought in Gus Poyet and appeared to have actually recovered um Bordeaux um did a bit of a number on Mets uh winning 4-0 at the weekend with goals from Braithwaite Malcolm Camano and De Preville 
So kind of a greatest hits compilation of the, the Bordeaux goal scorers there. Um, so they are the third team who will make it into the Europa League. We've seen them in the Europa League before. Sometimes they don't actually qualify for it. So we're going to maybe just kind of hold our fire on that one. But Jez, I mean, they had... Um, they had a tricky season, but came into it at the end, as did Saint-Étienne, who were equal on points on 55, but missed out on goal difference in seventh. They put five past Lille, who clearly reached safety and no longer gave a shit in a massive way. Um, three goals for Roman Amuma, which I think is lovely because he's a very... You know, he kind of sums up Saint-Étienne for me. He's always there. He always looks a little bit peeved. Um, but then he got a hat-trick at the weekend along with um, goals from Bamba and an own goal from Malqui, uh, kind of awkwardly enough, their ex-player now at Lille. So Bordeaux and Saint-Étienne both kind of staged recoveries um, that looked highly unlikely at, uh, at some point in the season. Um, Bordeaux, are they worthy sixth places or do we, do we think somebody else maybe deserved that a little more? Um, it depends what you mean by worthy. I mean, at the end of the mm. season, they're, they're they in sixth there. place. Yes. So in that sense, I suppose they deserve it. Um, you know, on, on paper, the team from the sort of middle of the table who should be most disappointed, I think, is Nice. Because yep. really the, the team or the squad they've got, I think they should have been the best of the rest. They should have been sort of fourth or fifth. So I think it's been an under underachieving season for them. Um, I feel sorry for Saint-Étienne because their 2018 really has been fantastic. And Jean-Louis Gasset, who I doubt he'll be there next year, whether whether it's under new ownership or not, I'm not sure he'll stay. Um, you know, it would have been lovely with the, the sort of tough times had personally recently to, to have um, pushed them into Europe. But yeah, Bordeaux, as sort of alluded to, it's been a, a weird year in Ligue 1 generally. And you know, when you consider that both of them were being talked about as relegation candidates at the turn of the year and and they sort of level on points for European qualification at the end of the year, mm. it says something good about them, but I'm not sure it says anything particularly good about EGAN this year yeah. as a I whole. Mean, just looking at their, their kind of position evolution, they both obviously started high, as you'd expect, and they'd absolutely plummeted down to the, the winter break. And then they're their kind of respective curves mirror each other quite uh, quite nicely but um that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all those three teams get on in the Europa League Bordeaux I think have to go through the two qualifying rounds I think they oh, go yeah, in at third do. qualifying and then it's playoff so we'll just like I say hold our fire until they actually get there so at the other end of the table I mentioned that Lille Look like they clearly didn't care, having having got a safety the week previously, um, shipping five to, to Saint-Étienne. And we had, obviously, Mets um, already relegated, taking four at home to, to Bordeaux. Trois got beaten 3-0 by Monaco. They had basically no chance of survival. They were hoping against hope that, I think, were they already down? Possibly already down. Anyway, Ronnie Lopez got a brace in that game and Umbula got the, the third. Ronnie Lopez, I think one of... We said Monaco haven't been themselves this season. He's one of the ones trying to make them look, you know, as kind of as fun and free-scoring as they were previously. 
So the I big think, thing, I, I do think Monaco deserve a bit of a mention. Oh yeah, about Le- Leon Marseille, but um, you know, yeah, obviously hasn't been as good as last year, and recently they really look like they've completely fallen off the cliff. But I do think what Jardim has done yet again is fantastic, and um, I think as, as Rich alluded to yesterday as well, there's there's lots of sort of positive signs for the future as well with Lopez, with, you know, depending on who stays, with Mbulo, scored a lovely goal to kind of finish the season with. Um, even Tielemans is starting to look more like the, the the player that we all hoped he'd be at the start of the season. So I'm still not sure Jardim will be there at the end of the season. I think that there's a meeting scheduled for later this week um, with the, the Monaco bosses, so we'll find out then. But I really think that, again, Monaco... I mean, they probably would have been looking for top three finish at the start of the season, but it certainly wasn't nailed on after yeah. losing such important players in the summer. So I think Jardim and the team, again, deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, one of the kind of the key stats there is um, they are actually top of the table for the conversion rate and the on-target conversion rate by by some distance in, in, the, in the latter case. So they have retained that kind of, um, attacking, uh, attacking efficiency. It's just, it's maybe felt a little bit less exciting because they were just ridiculous last season. But as you say, they are second. Um, and they've scored a lot of goals, and what Jardim's had to deal with has been again very tricky. So we will see what happens with Monaco with the revolving door of both. Uh, the players and potentially the manager uh, to see how they're going to to, to get on next time. Um, so they took out Trois. So the key thing down at the bottom was if Toulouse beat Gangon and Caen lost to PSG, Toulouse was safe. Otherwise, Caen was safe. And what we saw here was Toulouse having their heartbreak moment. They um, beat Gangon 2-1, goals from Max Allen Gradel, which was a great goal, and uh, Yaya Sonogo before uh, Clement Grenier got got one back for Gangon with, uh, should we say, a characteristic free kick, the kind of free kick we expect from Clement Grenier. But while this was going on and there's mad celebrations in Toulouse thinking, of course PSG will beat Caen, of course PSG will, will beat Caen. PSG aren't so much on the beach as I don't know they look at they've looked about as bothered as a cat on a keyboard for the past couple of weeks now and it was a nil nil draw in Caen which of course sees them safe so congratulations they're very happy but that was not not a fun watch um so Caen are actually 16th um and safe and Toulouse go into a playoff does anybody have anything to say about Con PSG, or should we just pretend it didn't happen and move on? I, th- I think the one thing to note is is the quirks, shall we say, of the the fixture generator was that it was a a con draw in PSG last season, which made, you know, meant that they avoided the relegation playoff spot. So it's two seasons running now that can't have played PSG on the final game game, game of the season, needing at least a point. And PSG duly obliging with lacklustre performances. Um, so it's you know this this this. Should we just say it's a quirk? I think we'll keep it as a quirk and, and nothing 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 uh, any any more sinister. But I think Toulouse 
have and haven't uh, a right to feel aggrieved. Um, uh, you know, they've they've mucked up too many times this season, yeah. hence the position they're in. But they are right to feel. You know, you can't you can't, you can't be depending on other people, obviously. But they have a right to feel. You know, PSG fielded such a weakened team and clearly didn't give an absolute toss about this game in the slightest. That that meant, you know, it gave it obviously gave Khan that that opportunity. Now that's obviously PSG's prerogative; they've earned that right, I suppose. But you know, it it comes down to that: is it in the spirit of the game? And it's probably not, but it's within the laws, so there's not a lot you can do about it. I guess, however, that the weakened team that PSG put out for that match would still have... Oh, it's not weakened. A, 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 a significant yes. number of, of... A significantly larger number of internationals than the Colm team had. Well, I mean, it wasn't the weakest team because, you know, Thiago Silva was, on, uh, wasn't not in, was not in the squad, for example. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, for example, you know, Timothy Weyer got his first start up front, you know, just as an example. When there are obviously some big-name players, Steve Marquinhos was still just, playing. I, I make it just seven out of 11 were senior internationals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, there's, there's, it's, it's a different definition to weakened. Yes, weekend, yes, obviously. Use, but weakened nonetheless. So that means that Toulouse are in 18th, go into a playoff. And the playoffs getting to this point have been... Well, it's been it's been a little bit awkward, frankly. So last Tuesday, fourth place La Havre beat fifth place Brest from Ligue 2, two nil. Goals from when you say see Jay Fontaine on a on a kind of a minute by minute for who scored the goal, you just think ooh. But it's actually Jean Pascal um, Fontaine got the the opener and Bonnet got the second. There was then a bit of a punch up late on a couple of red cards. So this meant La Havre having won 2-0 went forward to meet third place AC Ajaccio in Ajaccio on Friday night. Or not as their bus was surrounded and attacked by a group of, of home fans as rumours of uh, racist abuse, uh, missiles being thrown, the bus then broke down, perhaps understandably, and the match was postponed until Sunday. At this match featured four goals, extra time, a penalty shootout, four red cards, a bit of a punch-up, somebody being sent off for celebrating a goal. It was all rather unedifying. Um, Ajaccio won on penalties um, and will now play to lose in the two-legged uh, playoff. Um, the first leg of which happens on Wednesday and will actually be played at Mosson. Uh, in Montpellier because um, the LFP said they couldn't overturn the result, um, did mention the the racism and the violence and the fighting and the flares and the various things that shouldn't have happened. So what they're going to do instead is play the game on the mainland behind closed doors, because that's fair. Um, Jeremy, do we have a view on how the hell all of this has, has panned out? Uh, extremely badly. Um, yep. I think Rich and I were trying to go through all the different things that had happened and we were sort of both missing some out. And it's just, I mean, it, yeah, it started with the the, uh, the bus being attacked, smashed windscreen, I think, and a flare going off under the bus, which Oof. may or may not, but probably did. 
cause the bus to break down. Uh, love traveling all the way back to Normandy because it wasn't safe to stay where they were, traveling all the way back down again for the match on Sunday. Then all the incidents that you mentioned during the match. On top of that, the um, Ajaxio manager who had been sent off going back down to the pitch to give instructions for the penalty shootout. The president turning up on the pitch at one point. Last president claiming that he'd been kicked in the back. More accusations of racial abuse. It's a complete mess and the LFP have handled it all really badly. In their sort of attempt at a defence, if they're bound by their rules and regulations, I'm not entirely sure what they could or couldn't have done, but I don't think anyone would have begrudged them sort of overstepping their jurisdiction here. It's um, not like they haven't done it in the past. Yeah, and it's also setting a, a dangerous precedent, I think. Um, well, I think what, you, what you've got from, from that, that precedent is, you know, you look at what happened in that, that Leon Bastia game a couple of seasons ago, and, and, you know, Bastia fans getting onto the pitch and attacking Leon players, which is perhaps... A little, a little beyond what was what went on in in the Ajaxio Le Havre match, but you know, Leon refused to play any further part in the game, refused to come out. The game was called off, and lo and behold, Leon were awarded the three nil victory, awarded the points. It, the precedent it sets is that if things like this happen, either before or during a game, the precedent now seems to be well, don't turn up, don't play, and the LF, LFP then will will look at it in perhaps a different view and come down favourably in your side rather than if you try and attempt to play the game, suffer what's gone on during the game, still stay on, still play the game, lose, and all you end up with is a slap on the wrist for, for Ajaxio. Mm. I, think- I think the the match having taken place on Sunday and the, the, the first leg of the playoff due to be tomorrow, I don't think it's a surprise at all that LFP made the decision that they made. But that... The, the Sunday match should never have taken place. Yep. I mean, uh, uh, at best, it should have been awarded to Le Havre. At worst, at least a bit of a delay of some kind. But you can't in any way say that Le Havre approached, you know, were able to approach the match in reasonable circumstances and everything just went worse, got worse and worse from there. Yep. And, you know, I, I do think some of the... I think there's a lot of sensitivity that... Um, you know, there is a on both sides you know Corsica immediately jump on the you know everyone hates Corsica bandwagon and I think everyone else is a little bit worried about being accused of doing that but it is a sort of repeating problem and, and something has to be done about it and this evening though the um the president of Ajaxio was on Duguri's program saying you know, he's he's going to go after love for incitement to racial hatred and he'll take it to the European Court of Justice. If he so he's, he's like arguing that. that they're guilty of racism for criticising the Corsicans for being racist. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. I just wanted to make sure I, also I think understood that. that. No, 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 no. Just... So I think Lahav have also lodged an appeal as well against that LFP decision. I think they, they tweeted out that... Yeah, I think that an appeal could be heard. Well, I yeah, think I mean, the appeal's already like, been turned down, and then that's when the the this is like lose, it's like Luzanak yeah. sort of appealing after the season has started. I think it's going to be too late. But um, it just the whole thing's a mess, and I'm not one of those who's you know calling for as some people have for all Corsican clubs to be banned or whatever. I think that's ridiculous. Jeez, but 
it is a problem. Just, just let, let us have Gazalek. Gazalek yeah. are lovely. <laughs> I just, as long as whoever it is, Lekka has to be in goal. I think that should be the rule. <laughs> right, so we're looking um, forward, in inverted commas, to that on tomorrow, Wednesday, and also on Sunday, which will, should be played in Toulouse, providing the first leg passes off well. I think... While you often want to root for the underdog, I think in this situation, particularly given how gutted they were after how things turned out um, at the weekend, I'm going to be uh, wearing purple and and supporting Toulouse uh, over those. Uh, I'm with two Rich legs. that I feel absolutely no sympathy whatsoever for Toulouse, but because of all of this, I will begrudgingly be rooting for them. Okay, cool. Also, it's a lovely town to visit, and and the food is marvellous. Okay, so. Having looked at the top and the bottom, we've got a bunch of teams in the middle, some of whom were fighting for Europe, some of whom were fighting to avoid relegation, some of whom were kind of comfy uh, at the end of the day, including two of the promoted teams. Uh, Strasbourg uh, on 38 points had a little bit of a dicey time, but Amiens on 45 in 13th, perfectly happy, best save rate in the league. Well done, Regis Gertner. Um, they've uh, done a really good job. Who else in the kind of the ventre mou uh, would you pick out as having had a good season? Someone maybe not at the either end of the table, but there's been kind of fun to watch. Jez? Um, I'll let Rich go first. This okay, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you probably have to look at someone like Dijon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yet again... They've outperformed themselves. Um, you know, they they were comfortable many, many, many weeks ago. Um, built off the back of a terrific, terrific home form. Um, Eleven wins from nineteen. They only lost five at home. Um, only those four that finished in the top four had a better, um, better record at home. Um, you know, it's it's the stuff that you you aspire to be as a as a sort of not to do with this, but as a, as a sort of little team, if you like, in Liga, and it's, it's what every team should be aspiring to be like. Um, you know, they've recruited well. Um, they, you know, they score goals. Yep. Um, Cracking you know, conversion rate. Yeah, you know, and, and, and as I say, built off the back of that, that home form means it's, it's been an it's absolutely brilliant season. Um, you know, it's, I think they, they have to be in with a shout of, of having... You know, certainly on the outperformed scale, they're at the good end of it. Mm. I mean, they won uh, 2-1 against Angers at the weekend uh, with goals from Pierre Le- Capel and Tavares. But some sad news. Chang Hung Kwan is apparently out for the World Cup. I saw you tweet about this, Jez. Um, yeah. He's injured and will not be able to play for South Korea in Russia, which is... I mean, it's gutting because he has been part a big part of the they score goals and they're fun to watch part of thing. Um, when I wrote up um, the kind of the the Dijon players who might might star in Russia, he was one of the ones I I wrote about because just a really um, impactful, efficient player, very busy, um, moves around a lot, makes a lot of um, chances for his for his colleagues. So for him to be out, apparently from you know an injury from the last game of the season that is really gutting um so jess is there another one that you'd maybe pick out from the uh from from the mid-table range yeah i mean i would have gone for dijon i think they've mm-hmm. 
I think scores. we all would. We all we, we all really yeah. like Dijon. I think only the top four scored more, and um, Slitty who scored the first goal. It was, although it was sort of helped in on the line. It was a, another lovely run, and mm. he really has sort of been growing into the oh. player that a lot of us yeah. hoped he would become. I think uh, maybe on the other side of the scale, I, I do think Montpellier have, have impressed this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mainly built on a on a good defence, but. Um, I thought they might struggle a little bit more. They've been in the sort of European reckoning the whole yeah. season pretty much and unlucky to fall away at the end. And, and a couple of their young players, and, and Benza has scored a few cracking goals recently. And mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't like to get in the way of one of his shots. Yeah. Um, so I think they've got sort of hope for the future and Hilton. Mm. <laughs> no, Hilton has prolonged again. Uh, I think with Montpellier, yeah, they were kind of up pushing fifth, sixth for a bit, but some of the results they've had have been weird because, I mean, they have a really, really good record against the top four. And then what they lost to Metz, they recently drew to Troyes. You know, it's at home. You know, it, there's, there, it is quite a kind of up, upsy-downsy kind of situation. And I mean, they've been playing three at the back a lot and it's clearly done the defence a world of good because it's the second best defence in the league. Only 33 goals conceded. But it does seem to have kind of uh, crimped their style going forwards a bit because there hasn't been quite enough link, particularly through the middle. So, yeah, it's been, I think it's been a good season. They've ended up in 10th, um, drawing away at Wren, as we said earlier. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. It's not been... Um, you know, we were hoping for more, but then, you know, Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, etc., recovered and, and came up past them. So I think I would mention, it might be a bit of a boring one, but I do think Amiens um, hitting 13th with um, the, I think, third, no, the fourth best uh, defence in the league, but a newly promoted team, they were getting shot at a lot and when you look at the figures, they were actually stopping more shots than anybody else in percentage terms, which helped because they weren't scoring an awful lot of goals. Um, so it's, but I think they've done really well. They never really looked uncomfortable. So I think that's, uh, they're also worthy uh, recipients of a hat tip. So um, I just want to mention also, we've got obviously this week, the Champions League final is happening and by that, we mean on Thursday, uh, Lyon will be looking for their third title in a row, playing Wolfsburg in a replay of the 2016 Women's Champions League final, which Lyon won on penalties after drawing 1-1. So I think we're hoping it might be a bit more high scorey and a bit more comfortable for Lyon this time. But that should be uh, a very good game to watch. Wolfsburg are a very good team as well. So, um Next week, we're going to be maybe going through some team of the season uh, picks, which will probably end up being a massive argument and things being thrown around FFW Towers. But if you have any questions or players you want to make a case for, uh, then do let us know either in the comments under the article or on Twitter. Guys, do you have any other business you want to to cover this week before we we say goodbye? Uh, Manager departures, very good. Oh, yes. Um, we obviously saw Favre has gone, joined Dortmund, Ranieri's gone um, and is looking for a job. Uh, Gorvenek, apparently, Valdemir Keita doesn't want him because some people in the club have doubts. Well, 
Sure you want not know. Um, <laughs> who else has gone? Oh, Patrice Garand has gone from Con. Um, oh um, God, I've got to update my spreadsheet again. Second, second, second longest serving manager in 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 the division behind Stefan Moulin. There's uh, also a rumour that um, Hans might go to Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is that was that all. There was a flurry of them, wasn't there at the end? Yeah, of the season? I think we're, we're, I'm going to have to update my my spreadsheet. I've been keeping track of who's going where, and it's basically a map with string I, on it. So I think maybe, there'll be more to go. I think Gaston yeah. might go. I still think Jardin might go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Galtier will be wanting to hang out. Uh, yeah, Galtier yeah. will be yeah. hanging around a little too much longer. So, as well as player moves in the summer, managerial moves will also be on the cards. Okay. And also, just quickly, managerial arrival. I mm-hmm. think that um, if any Arsenal fans are listening, I really think Emery is a cracking appointment. Mm. Um, it might, Arsenal fans seem underwhelmed with it, but to be fair, Arsenal are quite an underwhelming club at the moment, and I really think he's a very good manager. And if you back him and give him a chance, I think he'll do a good job. Here, here, and 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 Patrick Vieira. Whilst oh, it yeah. looked it looked yeah. this week that it was imminent, he's then gone and poured an absolute bucket full of cold water on it by saying, "Nope, no discussions going on here." Oh, really? um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's this evening because so, a New York City account sent a tweet this afternoon, basically saying it's it's happening. Okay. Yeah, but and then then apparently he's he's actually spoken uh, after after a training session. So no, it isn't. <laughs> right. Oh, I've not had any conversations. So you've got niece niece people who've apparently gone to New York, had conversations, and a deal's done, and the man himself saying no, there isn't. So right. So this is another situation where we really need to wait until the manager is you know holding up a shirt in front of a big metal dog. <laughs> like you know what happened with Corchi at that time anyway so we will we will attempt to keep up with who's moved where uh, for when we we meet up with you next week to discuss our teams of the season maybe the tops the flops the interesting ones the people you haven't heard of who might your team buy next next season etc um so for now um i've been philippa b i've been joined by jeremy and rich bye guys goodbye bye. and we will speak to you again very soon <laughs>